So, in the game of Magic the Gathering, the card game, um, players play off against each other, the, the most popular format being 1v1, um, and basically it's cut up into groups of cards that you can use based on how old they are. Um, so the the most recent sets are usually called like standard um, and then you have more extended formats which use more and more cards and add them into the the pool that you can use to build your deck. So essentially the the most recent sets are standard and they rotate in and out as new sets come in they rotate in and as new sets rotate in old sets rotate out so you constantly have this the cycling forward of um, cards available in the pool for you to use there's other formats that are available that don't rotate or don't rotate as much um, most of the others don't rotate at all the, the next most common is uh, called Modern, and it's basically at a point um, when Magic made cosmetic changes in the um, card style design, um, and then from that point forward everything was legal. Um, so that one doesn't rotate, that just has new stuff added into it. Um, and then there's other variants as well that are similar, that from this point forward everything's allowed, um, but we add new stuff in as it comes in. And with Magic, there's several win conditions that you can use to defeat your opponent successfully for a game win. Um, and there's several, um, on the, the flip side, there's several ways that you can lose a game. Now, traditionally, the most um, popular way to win a game of Magic is to reduce your opponent's life total to zero. Now there's other ways to, to win around um, this particular way. Um, there's stuff like Infect, where uh, it's not the conventional life total that you're attacking, but every time you do damage you put what's called a poison counter on them. And then if a player just has 10 counters on them, they just lose. There's also decks designed to uh, do what's called mill your opponent. Um, so basically to mill someone is to mean that they take cards from their library or their deck and they move them straight to the graveyard um, and in some decks that's advantageous like dredge um, which we talked about earlier but in most cases most players don't want that to happen and the reason is because if you would draw a card but you don't have any cards left to draw from you lose the game now to sort of combat that a lot of decks have some form of game plan in mind and some form of timeline of when they would like that game plan to fully take effect as an example there's like aggro style decks um, such as burn and the idea of an aggro deck is to just slap stuff on the table as fast as possible and make sure that your opponent loses as much life as possible as quickly as possible just to be downright efficient in reducing their life total to zero the polar opposite of an aggro deck is control and that aims to push the game out way into as long as possible and it does that by um, using cards that deny the opponent's game state or stop the opponent from doing things like um, counter spells which nullify whatever they play for instance.
And then there's also mid-range, which is kind of in between. Um, and generally the mid-range decks are more on the fair side in that they, they tend to uh, basically play one or two cards every turn um, to, to try to get as much value as possible to build up their, their board and um, slowly kill the opponent through um, value trades um, and basically slowly incrementing their board state. Why am I explaining this? Well, there's a type of deck um, which basically is you are assembling um, different parts together and you need to find these particular parts and have them together in order to use them together to win the game. And this type of deck is called combo, where you need a combination of cards, which can be anywhere from two to generally six, seven maximum. Um, usually you aim for maximum three or four, but nothing's stopping you from going higher. And basically your deck survives long enough or makes it go fast enough to collect those pieces and use those pieces to destroy your opponent in one way or another. And these types of decks really hate the control types of deck. Um, they also can kind of hate the aggro decks because the aggro decks smash them before they can win. Um, so basically they need to survive long enough and also be fast enough to fish through their deck and find those cards. And then also use those cards to win the game. With these combo decks, you very often frequently run into the question in your mind about do I pull the like do I pull the trigger now or do I wait or when, when's the best time for me to pull the trigger and start firing off that combo and probably the best analogy of those to use for this would be um, the archetype storm and magic so basically with storm it's like a counter that goes up every time you play or cast a new spell um, so what happens is you will play spells to find more stuff to use in your combos or to help you make fuel to cast stuff or you find stuff to find more stuff to find more stuff kind of thing so the the act of moving forward through the iterations of finding stuff or generating fuel or whatever is is helping you explore your deck to find the combo pieces you need and it's also generating what's called a storm count which will help you to win the game. An example of this is the Dragon Storm deck um, and the idea behind Dragon Storm is you just play uh, basically a couple of mana generating spells, um, Rite of Passage, Seething Song, yada yada, Metamorphosis, um, just cards that either generate mana or allow you to manipulate mana to give you more fuel and then after about three or four you cast the dragon storm spell which um, every time well it, it has storm so it copies itself for every spell before it you've played this turn um, and the spell itself searches your library and you can pull out one dragon and put it straight into play and the idea is that you fish out four copies of something called Bogart and Hellkite. Um, and this card, when it comes into play, you deal five damage to something. Um, so it doesn't take a math major. Uh, your opponent starts on 20 life. You have four Bogart and Hellkites. They each deal five damage each. So 
um, quick and easy yeah so what's so important about this particular concept uh, so this particular deck archetype uh, of the combo derivative I suppose uh, essentially it's like a snowball effect so once you start doing something the next move that you make becomes more powerful essentially and so what this means is that you are using tools that you have available resources that you have available and you're sinking them into this end decision so if the final thing actually goes ahead and and you can actually cast it properly and everything else goes to plan big props you've you've successfully won the game essentially but if it doesn't then that actually puts you at a significant disadvantage so there's a lot of decision making that you need to make along the way um, and you can't let it be a factor of I've invested this much so far so I need to keep going you you can't think that way and this concept applies to a whole heap of other areas as well whether it be at a job say place of employment you've been there 10 years um, depending on your risk profile and how old you are and all that jazz you might feel like you might not want to move on because you've spent so much time there and why would you want to move away from that or you could look at investments or putting money into something and it hasn't taken off and you should really pull the plug but you can't because it's cost you XYZ so far and it's gonna take off or like gambling um, like poking machines and stuff you've you've sunk this much in already you the next one has to win you know and then on the flip side of of the sunk cost which is you know you you're still there you're still investing even though you're not seeing results or it's not impacting your decision as it should on that flip side we have the opportunity cost of basically what does it cost me or what am I missing out on by not taking up XYZ opportunity or by moving to something new or by doing something a bit differently and it, it's a very real cost right like only in retrospect though because it doesn't exist until you've seen that opportunity move past and you've assessed it and so in magic this would be that uh, the, that decision making that happens so if if you look at the cards in your hand and you go oh, well like I, I can start this but I can't I'm not likely to be able to progress it through to the end then that's definitely going to impact your decision it, it would not be a very good idea to start that snowball rolling at that point without being able to find more ways to get the pieces you need so that the sunk cost wouldn't so much be a, an element there but it, it's very much an opportunity cost driven decision because in a lot of scenarios these combo decks are also facing some form of punishment or uh, some form of clock from their opponent as well right so it, it's not a case of if I do nothing I'm not losing anything in the meantime it's a case of if I do nothing I could potentially lose altogether 
And we could also use this concept in a game such as League of Legends, which is a uh, what's called a MOBA uh, multiplayer online battle arena, where basically five players on one team, five players on the other team, um, and you you sort of play the slow tug of war against each other until you well, one side has a significant enough difference to um, basically steamroll the other it, essentially and basically there's uh, a few different parts to the game but in essence you there's, there's these little dudes who spawn out along these three lanes of the map um, so you have top which is like the, the topmost lane which is either vertical or horizontal then you have mid which is a diagonal lane through the center of the map and then you have bot which is bottom but it's either horizontal or vertical again depending on which side you're on and waves of these little dudes will spawn out and come down each of these these lanes and basically every time you kill one of those those little dudes you gain a certain amount of gold um, and you also gain gold passively every second or whatever as well but the main way you gain gold is by killing these little minion things um, you also gain gold by killing or being part of an assist of um, other players or certain NPCs on the map um, such as the dragon or baron um, which also give you buffs but the, the primary way for people to gain gold is to kill those little dudes um, and because there's 10 people on the map, 5 on 5, so 5 on one side, 5 on the other, um, and usually 1 or 2 in each lane, um, there's usually people like harassing, well what's called harassing, which is when you deal damage to them to try to force them out of the lane, um, so that you can stay in the lane more and kill more of those little minion guys to get more money so that you can get stronger items faster and then just steamroll your opponent and so it's a fairly large map and it takes time to move from point A to point B to point C um, and because of that what that means is that every player in the game has some form of way that they are supposed to be accruing economy and it'll usually be through killing those little dudes or um, there's another role which is not in a lane called the jungler and the jungler punches up little dudes in the jungle and some bigger dudes um, in the jungle rather than in the lanes to get their gold but everyone in the game has a way to smash up little dudes to get to get gold per per minute or whatever so when something happens on the map like uh, there's I don't know a jungler comes to mid um, to help the, one of the mid laners um, that means that that jungler is no longer spending time generating income for them they have made a decision to move to another location so that they can instead of using their baseline way to get gold they've sacrificed that and they're instead taking up that uh, potential kill on the mid laner as a way to, to instead get ahead and to get their team ahead. So pretty much what ends up happening is 
Um, <clears throat> teams will try to make as much money as they can in the way that they can and then they will try to eke out small advantages um, through doing things a little bit differently so normally that will be that the the person in the jungle role will come out to the lanes to do what's called a gank or to basically try to get ahead by killing the opponent in that lane um, and what that does is it lets the the person in the lane on your team basically what's called free farm which is you're just sitting there smashing up the little dudes as, as easily and accessible as possible which means more money for them which means better items and at the same time the opponent is also temporarily removed from that lane so they're not able to do that and at the start of the game the death time is a very small but they go up quickly throughout the game so it might only be a few seconds to begin with but it could be like a minute or whatever in the in the end game and that could be the difference between winning and losing so so TLDR um, you generally have a baseline of gold which you get by smashing up little dudes in the lane that you're in that can change if you go ahead and perform some other activity somewhere else you are giving up that that cost opportunity and you are going to do something else for another potential opportunity so you're you're trading it you're losing what you have is essentially almost guaranteed and you're exchanging that for a potential opportunity of of unrealized potential so obviously you want to win you want to win by um, closing out games usually in a way that's easier in your favor mechanically and the the easiest way to do that is to be more efficient and to buy more powerful items faster so that you when it comes to you fighting your opponent your opponent doesn't have access to as much of the gold value thus they can't buy similar power level items at the same time you can there's also a running joke about a particular character in the game that is very um, monolithic I guess they're very uh, very much the epitome of the game so to speak um, so the the character's name is Timo and if you pick this character um, the the running joke is that he has global taunt and that everyone will try to kill you because he's so fucking annoying um, it, it's mostly a joke but it's kind of a real thing um, there's always another path to a win condition you don't always need to be mechanically superior to your opponents you can also get into their heads and bring them down from their optimal performance as well so something like that is always an option as well being choose Teemo. In terms of the corporate playbook um, the opportunity cost and sunk cost fallacy are most likely not going to impact your day-to-day -day work um, it would be a lot more relevant when it comes down to looking at potential departments to socialize with and um, either exchange resources or um, looking at potential career moves and stuff like that the concept of FOMO or the fear of missing out is hugely topical and relevant right now as well 
particularly between COVID lockdowns and the uncertainty and um, extroverts losing their minds from needing to spend more than an hour at a time inside and not talking to anyone, um, it becomes a lot more uh, pervasive as well for people to need to understand that it's not the end of the world to miss a potential opportunity or plan accordingly essentially and I know that especially to to me myself overthinking and worrying about the consequences of things is is huge and typically has been a a negative driver in stopping me from being able to do things or get things done or have like a continuing non-disrupted life so in many scenarios where I need to get stuff done I I just stopped thinking and it's it's a hell of a lot easier to to get that done usually it'll be things like chores or um, working up to get to doing some cooking or something like that um, where the activity itself is actually very rewarding or in the case of chores the the reward is rewarding uh, having a nice clean house or clean whatever um, or having towels to use or whatever it is um, or the the actual concept of doing it is rewarding such as this um, this podcast stuff right like before this I was trying to to get something and I was looking at jigsaw puzzles which I opened one like 3000 piece jigsaw puzzle or something like that and the just the bag of jigsaw pieces was enough to give me like an anxiety attack um, which I don't have anymore obviously I'm a lot more calm since then um, but it doing this was immensely more helpful than looking at a potentially unsolved mess of a jigsaw puzzle that I know is going to take me ages to do and to that end I say if you need to get something done don't think about it if you don't need to get something done but need to work on yourself do think about it which seems dumb at first but when you look at it from another perspective of why a procrastinator does not complete an activity and then you take away all those steps in between and you just look at basically an empty mind and an activity that needs to be done and you can just do it because you're not worried about anything and you've got nothing else to focus on anyway so you may as well do it so it may seem weird but basically if you want to do something or to have something if you want to put yourself in a position to complete something if you take away the emotions associated with that and if you stop occupying your head with thoughts about that activity and it's just empty you'll be in a far better position to actually start doing activity negative activity obviously if you're procrastinating and the, this is part of the story of how I spend 130 hours training agility in RuneScape um, to get 99 in one of the most ridiculous and 
boring skills in the game. Tying this all together, basically think critically about what it is and why you do things. If you want to go somewhere or change something, think about why, what opportunity you are going for, what opportunity you're potentially losing and weighing up the difference. And then if you want to achieve something or want to do something, switch it back a gear and stop thinking about other stuff, basically. And that way you can tone down procrastination as well. And then inversely, if you need to not work on something but discover something internally, switch it on instead, switch it up a gear, get a notepad, whatever. And finally, don't let the fact that you've already invested or already put in effort stop you from thinking critically about a situation and having that oh shit eureka moment where you go I don't want to do this anymore or I don't want to be here anymore or let's do something different instead. It's only human to make mistakes. I'm Rob, this is Nearly Qualified, see you next time, peace.